Sports Minds, where all roads lead to sports, and we talk ball every season, y'all. And we're your hosts, Legendarius, Hashmaster Z, and Filthy. Filthy, hey, why don't you just open up with us today? What's up? Talk yo, to yo. Everyone, we had to take a week off, America. We had to take a week off. You know, it happens in life. So, you know, we made the executive move to give you juicier content, you know, in lieu of missing a week. So here we are. We got a special episode planned for you. But we lead off with this. Uh, ESPN at it again, you know, making their cuts. All businesses do it. We don't, You know, it happens. But the names attached to these, it's, it's pretty... Uh, Pretty hefty, depending on your cup of tea. They listed about 20 layoffs total. Who's counting? But above this list, before I name these names, you know, we do feel bad. People are out of the job. But at the end of the day, FS1 does exist. We'll see you guys in about 90 days. That being or said, on that note, Todd McShay. Get out! June Lee. Get out! Susie Kobler. Get out! Ashley Brewer. I liked watching you late nights, but Ashley Brewer. Get out! Neil Everett. Get out! B team from NFL Live, Rob Ninkovich. I'm not going to miss him. The Steve Young. Get out! Mr. Mouthy as ever, Matt Hasselback. Get out! Jeff Van Big Head Gundy. Get out! Mr. Immortal, who I thought would never leave after all the fiasco, Max Kellerman. Get out! The coldest nigga in the league. And I can't believe they did my dog. Look how they did my dog, Keyshawn Johnson. Get out! They split up the team up. Him and Laura on NFL Live undefeated. I can't believe it. R.I.P. And the master. The master. He's the master of ceremony for a particular reason. Have you seen the way this man dresses? Have you seen the man's haircut? But they still chose up the girl over him. Molly Quirm over Jalen Rose. Get out! Damn. Jeez! How they do Jalen Rose like that, bro? Come on. Bro. Uh, Jalen Rose, that's probably the biggest shock on this list. Come on. Him and Kobe, one of the first to do it. TV podcast. Rosa Skip Bayless, you know he ain't going to be on uh, Undisputed. Let's think about the immediate ramifications, okay? They would go to Jalen Rose during the NBA games at halftime to predict stuff, okay? I was going cashing in my bets off Jalen Rose, not really, but he was saying stuff with his chest, and he had a good win percentage. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what's crazy is that obviously I feel like they just, like, America loves ignorance, or maybe ESPN does. Because yeah. how are you gonna get rid of Jalen Rose? But you gonna keep you gonna keep Big Perk. I don't even know how to talk. I don't yes. even know how to talk. Big Perk in this thing. Yo, Stephen A. You wrong, brother. <laughs> you wrong, and I was here to tell you why. Because <laughs> because we yeah no, bro. That this was criminal. How you do oh, that to Jalen, bro? Like, <laughs> yeah, I was uh, watching NBA today, uh, and I'm watching him, and they're doing, you know, the draft special. We'll more on that later. And uh, not the draft special, I'm sorry, free agency special. More on that later as well. And so he's just laying there, you know, he's doing a bit, but they're just talking. He's just asked out, like, you know, doing a total character. I was like, they really kept this guy? I can't believe it. Yeah. And he sounds like he's always chewing food. Because he is. 
<laughs> hey, but you know, I mean, we don't know everybody that's uh, about to be added in, but you know they had to they had to clear some cap space because they they backing up the Brinks truck for Mister Shay Shay Shannon Sharp. You know he's about to be on ESPN. What? You think so? Hell yeah! Why I think that's the second like... time. That's the second time you said that, Legendarius. I think that we're officially so, running with that. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to doubt you at this point because most of the things you've been predicting have been right. So, you know, if Stephen A. somehow gets Shannon Sharp as a co-host, honestly, I'd watch it. But ESPN is just so ignorant nowadays. But I don't know. It would make for a good TV. I have to watch it. But I, I, I like it. what Filthy said. All these these uh, – these guys are just going to go over to FS, FS1 or whatever other sports thing. FanDuel, who cares? Everybody. Am, am, Amazon. That's where the money is. So, uh, you know, they'll be out of work for about like a week or so, and then they'll be good. Yeah. Oh, the football guys are definitely getting cashed out by Amazon. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Basketball guys, I don't know. They might be on NBA TV. <laughs> or the carton show. <laughs> <laughs> well, outside of leading off with this heavy uh, ESPN juncture, we actually have something special for you guys this week. Uh, another guest for you. We're, we're sticking Ooh. hot with that approach. Um, this individual, you know, we, we came in with some class, you know. We wanted to do a draft special, and we went deep. I went all the way deep in for you guys who actually works for the NBA. I went in deep into the well and pulled out a diamond so here he is folks uh, zay good good vibe zay on instagram zay let him know what's going on hey what's up y'all it's a uh, good vibes by zay um i currently work for the nba also do a podcast called 99 pod um twice a week um thank you phil for having me on the show oh yeah no problem um you know uh yeah i work for the nba about four four seasons now going into my fifth um, we worked. I've worked with the um, NBA um, teams, NBA League Pass, um, at the NBA events. Um, worked with the WNBA, G League, Two K League, like everything that has to do with basketball. I had my hands up, um, hands on, and uh, it's fun. Been a great experience. You know, I started off as um, as a production trainee, uh, just assisting um the production team with uh putting the games live on the app on a League Pass app. Um, so that's 30 teams. Um, and then it elevated to WNBA during the summer. And then it elevated to G League um, when Scoot Henderson and Victor Wembanyama was um, was actually showing out for their respective teams. And okay. um, it's just, you know, you start off in the NBA, like these humongous companies, you think they'll put you like in a, in a particular corner and just say, all right, work your way out of it. But they put you in a lot of different projects, man. Um, I was Ooh. doing probably four to five different projects on top of my primary job. So it was it's it's a fun experience, you know. I uh, I shoot to be one of the executive producers to be out there, uh, actually shooting the interviews, shooting the documents, the documentaries. Um, hopefully, I get to catch DeBronny James and I could kind of um, film and create some content for his career when he joins the NBA. So uh, it's it's been a fun journey and it's only beginning. I always say that and I continue to say it's only beginning and I can't wait for the the fruits of my labor to really come to fruition. Wow. wow. And were you there on draft night? Yes, I was. I was there on draft night. What was that experience like? What were you doing? And was that your first time doing an NBA draft? 
Uh, it was my first year doing the NBA draft. It was um, it was crazy to see Victor Wembanyama as tall as he was. He he made guys who were six eight, six seven look like kids. And it was I had it was ridiculous how tall the kid was, man. This kid is really tall. Like every everything, all the hype about this guy, his wingspan, the height, it showed on the NBA draft. He looked like everyone's father on that stage <laughs> when he was rapping his then taking the pictures and everything. It just looked ridiculous how tall he was. And he's so humble, so poised. He's he's like extremely like enlightened just to be there. You you could saw like in his, his eyes was like kind of like glaring with stardom. He's just looking all around, seeing everybody, seeing Richard Jefferson out there. He was seeing, you know, Stephen A. out there in the booth. See, there was so many people he they he saw during that draft, and you kind of just saw him taking it in, like, this is like my moment. And um, you know, he got drafted number one, and that draft was just there's a lot of talent that's coming into this league, and I think we're gonna see the full display once the the uh, training camp games and the preseason games commence. Yeah, that's what's up, and they right around the corner, starting on Monday. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, before we get to NBA business, Zay, I wanted you to take this time and rep your teams. You know, uh, what sports you like in, what teams you rep in, who do you go, who do you go for? This is your time. Go, go ahead. This is sports mind. So, what, what sports teams are on your mind? Well, Phil, Phil knows the teams I like. You know, I'm a, I'm a New Yorker, so I like the Knicks. I like the Jets. Uh, I'm a Mets fan, so that that deters from the Yankees. But I'm a Mets fan. Unfortunately, we were terrible this year, but. I gotta rep them. That's that's the fandom. Unfortunately, I'm not a fair weather fan. I I, don't, I can't just dismay them when we're doing terrible. Got to rep it all the way down to the core. But yeah, I'm a Mets fan. I'm a, a Knicks fan, and I'm a Jets fan. Oh, okay, well, okay. Well, while while I have a MLB fan on here, maybe you can put it into better terms than me, because I did initially wanted to highlight it. I ended up eventually not wanting to bring it up at all. But maybe you can do it better than me. Can you please explain the? special run Otane is going on right now. Maybe you can do it better than me as a more of a baseball fan than me. Oh, Shogun Otani, he's, he's he's like the modern day Babe Ruth. Everyone would talk about Babe Ruth back in the day about his ability to pitch the ball, his ability to hit home runs. This is what Shogun's doing in current time and today. He is throwing under three ERA. He is hitting 30 home runs already. You know, this man, this man is, is ridiculous. He's on pace that we've never seen before. And they're talking about his contract at the end of the season, what it could look like. We're talking about a player who may actually eclipse $600 million on a contract. That is ridiculous. Yes. That is unheard of. So, Shoei wow. Otani, he is literally, he could be the logo of MLB if he wanted to. That's how good this guy is. Oh, wow. Okay. Shoot. I'll say I've seen him play a couple times, and yes, the eye test, it's hard for me to put into words, but when, like, the stats guys throw stats at you and it's like he's first in these categories and it's and that's when my jaw kind of drops because you're seeing it in action but goodness it's it's uh those of you who haven't got a chance to see hit the highlights please because this is an incredible player that you don't see that often we saw lebron james yo shohei otani is really special would you put him like around barry bonds type of like type of spectacle where it's like every time you watch him something crazy is going to happen type thing. Absolutely. Is that, that, that's okay. the kind of level he's playing at. And that's, that's the crazy thing. When I was watching Barry Bonds growing up, like my dad, he he watched Barry Bonds when he was on the Pirates, young, skinny. So then when he saw him on the Giants, it was just like, yeah, this guy's definitely juicing up. But he's just hitting the – he's making baseball interesting. He's making baseball entertaining. And that's the kind of guy you want to watch the sport. That's what brings fans into the sport. Shoei Otani, Correct. he's just – his ability to hit the home run – 
is so ridiculous. He just kind of waits there, and it don't matter how fast the pitch is coming. It could be 110 miles per hour, and he's sending it out of the stadium without blinking an eye. It's just we're, we're seeing a, an historical run from a guy who's not only hitting the ball well, but also one of the best pitchers in baseball. It's just so great to see something like that. All right. No, I'm, I'm saying I'm intrigued. So I know I've heard the name, you know, a few times myself. I've, I'm personally, you know, not much into baseball, but, you know, and not, not since Barry Bonds, really. So I'm down to jump back in just to watch this run, though. <laughs> yeah, it's a story. Yeah, and like I said, I had to definitely get uh, another head in here to really just, you know, contextualize things. You know, I have no problem, you know, giving space to the bigger sports mind, and that was definitely Zay in this moment. But we brought him here for NBA, so we're gonna go over here again to the meat of the NBA. Man, where to begin? It's already so active, man. It's already so active. Let's just start from the beginning. The draft. How'd you guys feel about? Side of you know one two and three overall you know just general feelings <laughs> likes dislikes like how do you guys feel about the draft overall? Uh, I mean I'm I'm you know like the NBA draft it's one of those things where after you get past like you know three or four you kind of just don't pay attention to the rest at least for me you know this is me as a casual NBA draft fan watcher uh, but maybe y'all can you know color that in a little bit so. Uh, I saw a lot of, I had a lot of head scratchers with these, uh, top picks, not the, not the first three, um, mm. but once, you know, like Houston, Detroit, they both draft guards are already like guard heavy. So it's just like, what are, what are you guys doing or what's the plan there? Um, but obviously there's still free agency and, um, a lot of trades to go down. So. I feel like I don't want to jump the gun too much until um, until uh, summer league has like wrapped, so then we could like really see all these guys in action. But I ain't gonna lie, I wanted the Lakers to make a move. <laughs> I yeah, I uh, I was so prime. Like, come on, man. But I do. I I like the Lakers draft pick. That's the thing. You see everybody on tape now. And, you know, everybody looks good in their highlight tape, but you got to wait until you see them play against some other grown men to, uh, like, really evaluate them. So, you know, highlight tape looks nice, but, you know, you just got to wait and see. I'm actually uh, surprised in that second round. Um, I was, like I said, I was there all night kind of waiting uh, for these players to get drafted. And in the second round, I was completely shocked that the Lakers didn't select Imani Bates. And this is a kid who was on Sports Illustrated, who was uh, a talent being primed to be a number one pick. And, um, you know, he had a lot of issues off the court in college. Um, and, you know, he had a lot of incidents, but it allowed him to play. Uh, his style of basketball is just so unique. He is probably, when you compare him to a player, probably the next Michael Porter Jr. in terms of being able to score the basketball in all cylinders. Um, and Michael Porter Jr. himself, if he didn't get injured, he was primed to be a number one pick. And I think the Lakers, you know, I don't say they did a disservice, but they, I think they should have selected him at 47 because he went 49 to the Cavaliers. And I think I love Imani Bates at the in a Cleveland jersey because there's not many small forwards on that team that's going to take minutes away from him. So I think it's going to be interesting what he does. But I thought the Lakers could have easily selected him and helped them. And so he could have helped them push for like a, a big playoff push for next year. 
Yeah. I, I was mixed feelings on Imani Bates because, like you said, he had a lot of off-the-court off the issues and, you know, issues in college and stuff like that. But the talent is definitely is definitely there. But I always look at, you know, LeBron wants, like, smart basketball players rather than, like, the most talented. That's what it seems like uh, over these past, you know, couple – at least, you know, the last four or five years with the Lakers, getting rid of all our young guys and then um, getting some more high IQ guys and, you know, the legend – the legends, Caruso and uh, Austin Reeves. <laughs> but uh, no, I agree with you. And with that, I mean, the Cavs just shipped out two of their wings today. So Bates might be a rotational player like pretty early in this thing. Oh, wow. Possible. Honestly, because I think when you look at what they added, they added Max Schroes, they added Dorges Niang, two shooters nonetheless, but they may want a guy who's able to come off the bench and really uh, be able to dribble, be able to do different things on offense that could deter the defense. I know they, they re-signed Karis LeVert, but that guy is always injured. And I think his talent as a basketball player kind of um, gets dwindled when he's not available on the court as often as he should be. And I think Imani Bates could definitely take advantage of a spot being open mainly all the time due to injury, due to guys not playing well. And um, with Chetty Osman and Lamar Stevens out of Cleveland, it puts Imani Bates in a great position to really um, show out in the summer league, you know, show in the preseason and hopefully earn a rotational spot on the Cleveland Cavaliers, which is difficult because JB Bickerstaff definitely likes to sit the young players down at least a season to get them well acclimated into the system, but maybe he could utilize them earlier than most. Yeah, I agree. And with that being said, I feel like we, we got to jump into this free agency because Obviously, there's been a lot of movement or just a lot of one billion spent in 24 hours. A lot so. of money. Spent. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I gotta say, on like you know a daily like salary, Rich Paul might be up there with Jeff Bezos and uh, Elon Musk on how much he made yesterday. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> right. that dude was chinging all day. He said, yes. he said, yo. Yeah, Kyrie, he got three one twenty six. Give Fran Fev, give Fred Van Fleet three for one thirty. Who better? <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> that number was nuts. I was like, okay, he's good, but like, not that. Good. Well, he's not gonna well, put but you over. See, but that's what. But that's why agents matter in this stuff because it's like it's not you know at the end of the day when you're at the negotiating table, it's like you know it's like okay whatever. Uh, Fred Van Fleet may not be like. Your A plus name, but it's like yo, you you know he's won a championship before, uh, you know he's under my agency. My guys are good. Look at my track record. You want to pay this guy? Boom. Yeah, and I feel like the thing. First of all, Kyrie was just a mess during this <laughs> lead up to free agency. Uh, basically, trying to create a market for himself, which wasn't there, um, and it's because of his own doing. It's you know. Obviously, I'm not going to ask him too much for the vaccine thing, but uh, when you're not showing up for practice, requesting a trade, and then, you know, once he did get to Dallas, they didn't do too well. Um, He didn't, you know, he didn't have options. And then you're just listening, you're hearing, it's like, oh, he's going to meet with the Suns. It's like the Suns have no cap room. And it's like, how redundant would that be? It's like, we got Kyrie, we got Booker, we got KD. 
and we got Bradley Beal. Like, there's one basketball. Like, that that didn't make any sense. Um, right. The Lakers, I ain't going to hate on the Lakers. We'll talk, to, we'll talk about the Lakers later. But, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, they, they supposedly had a meeting, but I don't think they really had a meeting. I just don't think that anybody was interested in him at his price point because, obviously, he wanted the money, three years, 126, which he got. But, um, you know, that's a, that's a risk given his history, yeah. injury history, and then his just off-the-court history. It's like, we really want to tie in. We really want to pay this guy three years, $126 million, and, like, basically be, like, handicapped because we're at, like, the, the will of, like, Kyrie and what Kyrie thinks on a day-to-day basis. So, you, you, know why they did, you know why they did that, right? Because Mark Cuban uh, – okay, theory. But it's more of like Mark Cuban, in my opinion, he probably feels very guilty about what happened with Jalen Brunson. And he wants to keep Luka happy. I don't, I don't think this is really, like, the way to keep him happy. But uh, I think it's just like, okay, well, we gave up all this, you know, stuff for, um, you know, Kyrie Irving. Let's go ahead, you know, bring him here for three years, see what happens. He wants a long-term, like, it's a risk reward and I'm willing to, I'm willing to take. No, uh, it's well, even, no, it's not even that. It's, they have no option. Kyrie, right. Kyrie can sign somewhere else. But, like, the Mavs have the most to give him, and the Mavs, like, gave away all their pieces. They're like, Dorian Finney-Smith, gone. Dinwiddie, gone. <laughs> Jalen Brunson last year, gone. So, like, right. Kyrie walks. They literally, like, they're bought. I mean, they're already out of the playoffs, but they're bottom tier of the Western Conference. And with Luka, yeah. like, entering his prime, it's like, you can't have that. You cannot you can't have, have that. But they had no choice. Yeah. And they yeah, still that's... had leverage because they didn't they didn't give Kyrie a max. As you see, Van Vliet got offered more. Um, and I mean Kyrie could have got, I think, four years two hundred. So he could have got three years fifty. They're like, uh, eh, we're not gonna give you the max. Like, we'll give you this. Nobody else is giving you this. You're gonna sign the deal. Thank you very much. And then yeah. I still think like if Kyrie like balls out, somebody will trade for him. Or like they'll try to unload him for some some assets or some uh you know, better like three and D guys. I can see that. I can say, definitely. How are you feeling about Van Vliet on the Rockets? Irving staying with the Mavs. Oh, Van Vliet on the Rockets is very interesting to me because he isn't a guy who shoots at an efficient rate. You know, he's under forty percent right. for his career. Um, he shoots a lot of shots to make him. He'll take nineteen shots to make twenty points. Um. You know, and you're adding him to a team that Jalen Green does the same thing. Kevin Porter Jr. was doing well as the point guard. And it just seems like it's a complete overall what the Houston Rockets are trying to do. I understand they added Emi Adoka as the head coach. They want to try to put in some competitiveness. Adding Van Vliet does that because he plays both sides of the basketball pretty well. It just doesn't make sense for that youth movement for me. I think they, they should have went with a different route. I saw rumors that they were looking at Kyle Kuzma, they were looking at younger players who scored a basketball really well that could complement the other players on the Rockets. I just don't know if Van Vliet does that for the Rockets team per se. I understand they're trying to bring in a new regime, a winning mentality, leadership. I just don't know if Van Vliet for $43 million a year is the right tone to set, especially when you got to pay Jalen Green very soon um, off his extension. Uh, Kyrie, 
I always, I for me at least, I thought he was going back to the Mavericks. It it, it didn't seem yeah. like it wasn't. It was never not going to happen. Uh, Mark Cuban yeah. made it very clear he wanted to bring back Kyrie Irving. He the price tag didn't matter. He saw what happened when he let Jalen Brunson go. That wasn't happening again with Kyrie Irving. He was making sure he kept him down pack. Now the contract itself. Um, you know, listen, Kyrie Irving is one of the the better basketball players I've ever seen play in my life. You know, he he's a magician with the basketball. He knows how to dribble, knows how to find pockets to score the basketball in difficult ways. And you that's who you're paying for. You're paying for a guy who went on the court is one of the more diabolical scorers in the league has ever seen. I think that's what Mark Cuban saw in Kyrie, and he was like, all right, we'll bring him back with Luka Doncic, and hopefully he can make it work. I don't know who they're going to um, add around the Mavericks because I'm pretty sure their, their uh, cap space is, is gone with just the contracts of Luka and um, Kyrie by itself. So I got to see what they will add around them to try to make this team more competitive in the Western Conference. Damn. Yeah. I'm dropping some gems right there, Zay. So <laughs> wow. diabolical score. I love that. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking it. And uh, he did. He brought up Kuzma. And uh, I, I texted Filthy once I saw <laughs> once I saw the news of uh, the Wizards re-signing Kuzma. And I just said, like, <laughs> Jordan Poole combined with Kyle Kuzma is going to be some low IQ basketball. But it will be highly entertaining. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell, bro, yes. <laughs> like, I'm ready. I'm ready. Just, I'm, <laughs> I'm here for it, man. I'm here for it. It's <laughs> the first fight before or after the All-Star break. <laughs> oh, before for sure. Before. Uh, there I mean <laughs> cuz now that like they they the Wizards basically said like Kuzma is our guy. Like Kuzma's our franchise player and Jordan Poole's basically like the number 2 but he's the point guard and Jordan Poole clearly thinks that he's better than Steph Curry as you saw um in his Warriors days this this past season where he's just like Steph Curry clapping for the ball. He's like, nah, bro, watch this brick. Uh, <laughs> watch this brick is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what I'm talking about, that Memphis game? Yeah. 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 It's like, how do you wave off Steph Curry? That's crazy. Uh, like, yeah, bro, like, no, I'm passing it to Steph if I, like, if I had the opportunity. You like, but I mean, maybe I'm giving him too much credit, but at the same time, it's like, bro, I'm not Steph Curry, so I'm passing it to Steph. <laughs> so, I, that, that's going to be, that's going to be entertaining for sure, but. Uh, oh, yeah, it is. We got to talk about these Warriors. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, right before we go into that Warriors take, um, I'm just surprised that the Wizards wanted to take in Jordan Poole. You know, I I thought that uh when they I thought Corey Kispert was their guy, to be honest. I thought he was gonna have his moment to shine as a starter because they drafted him some time ago and he was kind of sitting um idle until um kind of Bradley Bill left. You know, he was the he was supposed to be the next shooting guard on that team, a guy who could shoot the ball really well, defend. And uh, they brought yeah. in Jordan Poole. I was confused. I'm like, all right, so I guess Corey Kispert is just gonna sit on the bench again. Because I don't see how Jordan Poole enhances his play whatsoever. Because, like you said, he just wants to shoot the ball and shoot more and shoot more. So right. it's, it's interesting what this Wizards team is. It's going to be fun because it's going to be a lot of just up and down basketball, like kind of just park yeah. basketball, shoot, and then <laughs> don't get back on. Yeah, defense. exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like they're going to be like kind of like the the Rockets have been the past couple of years in terms of like we we just getting these shots. We're here to get these shots up. Defense, and right. but we try to get these shots up. Um, and with, uh, 
What were you going to say? Well, the thing with the Wizards is once they made that the Bradley Beal trade, it's like, did you really expect them to keep Chris Paul? Like, I didn't, I didn't see that happening. So then it's just like, I yeah, that's no, the best no. value. I I feel like that's the best value you could get for Chris Paul. I mean, if you flip a thirty-nine-year-old that <laughs> you know hardly plays for a twenty, what twenty-two, twenty-three-year-old, um, that I feel like that's a good deal for the Wizards. Like it's like you gotta you gotta take that, but yeah. At the same time, I do get what you're saying with Corey Kispert. Like, maybe I mean I don't know the the Wizards front office is a mess. Well, I, put I will away. always Bradley bless. Bill. I will always I will always bless the Wizards front office for giving us uh, Rui Hachimura for Kendrick Nunn. But right, <laughs> yeah, that was great. It's a mess. I don't understand them. It's a they're a mess. They're, yeah, there's a reason why Bradley Bill hasn't seen the success that we'd hope he'd see by now. So. I'm not going to let Bradley Bill off the hook because he has been injured quite a bit these past couple seasons. But Warriors, yeah, he's very much a believe it when I see it player. Yeah, and talking about believe it when you see it, I, I've I've been hearing like the talking heads being like, "Oh, such a great upgrade getting Chris Paul for Jordan Poole," and for me, I believe it when I see it. I don't. Yeah, I don't that I believe it. when I see it. I don't understand the move. Number one, like I get it. It's like, all right, we want to, uh, you know, we're playing for the for the right now. We want to win another chip right now. But it's just like, have you guys watched Chris Paul the last three seasons? He always gets hurt in the playoffs. That's number right. one. Um, but more importantly, they're already small and they got smaller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was concerning for me. And they're saying they're going to start Draymond at the five. This is the supposed lineup is going to be uh, Chris Paul, Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond at the five, Looney off the bench. I don't see how that's going to work, number one. <laughs> but also on top of that, if you have it, just listen to like, just pull up any Chris Paul interview. We're like, hey, are you excited to go to the Warriors? Or be on the Warriors? He's literally like, yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm really. I'm I'm really excited to be on the Warriors. Like, bro does not want to be there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not buying it. He does not. I, I don't think he wants that. I don't think so either, personally. I <laughs> I mean, hell, you heard Steph Curry's reaction to it. <laughs> it was like, damn, they were just talking, you know, smack to each other, like, you know, um, not too long ago, where he's like, "This ain't 2014." It's like, bro, it's a decade. Late. You know, it's a decade later. Calm yeah. down. But it's like, I mean, I maybe it could be the competitor side of them, where it's like, I want to beat you to go to, you know, uh, for my championship. But you know, I I could tell that there's like a little like, damn, I'm going to the Warriors. But it's like, I mean, I guess if this is what I got to do, this is what I got to do. So do you think he's getting traded again, or is he going to stay a Warrior? Uh I'm gonna I'm a, I'm gonna pass that to Zay. Um Warrior wait, who's the state warrior? Uh Chris Paul. What do you think do you oh. think he would actually stay and be a warrior? Or do you think he's gonna be moved before anything gets I mean mid season, whatever? I think he stays mm, I don't even know. I I think I think it's gonna be interesting what Boston 
is going to look at because Boston's point guard situation is terrible, and I th- I could see them a situation where they trade right. for Chris Paul from the Warriors because I think the Warriors thing is they tried this already with D'Angelo Russell, right? D'Angelo Russell and Curry on the same court, and it didn't work out well. And, you know, it was just too much. I need the ball. I need the ball. And Chris Paul, he doesn't really move well without the basketball. You know, he's he's up there in age. He's really there for, I guess, leadership and IQ. But you already had that in Draymond, Clay, and Curry combined. Don't really see why Chris Paul was needed in that situation. But I also believe that maybe they felt that's probably better to keep him on a team than trade him for a second-round pick or whatever because teams are not really valuing Chris Paul on that contract. I believe it's $30 million a year um, on his final year. So it's um it's gonna be interesting, you know. I think I think they'll be better than what people um are saying they'll be. I know a lot of people are like, oh, they're playing small ball. It's gonna be easy. Chris Paul's a cone X Y and Z. But I think they'll be a lot better than a lot of people anticipate. But I still think they won't reach the Warriors' expectations of we're a top team in the Western Conference. And I think they'll inevitably move him to the Eastern Conference, such as the Boston Celtics or another team that's looking for a point guard. Um, a veteran leader point guard. Um, I think Chris Paul will probably play out, play well the first couple games, you know, just like giving it all he has. But I think it won't be, you know, the Chris Paul bowl, unfortunately. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, because I, I, yeah, this is more of like a wait and see for me. Um, Zay, what do you want to see out of the Knicks? What do I want to see out of the Knicks? Yeah, uh, all this player movement. I mean, what are you looking for them to do? I mean, they already lost Cam Reddish. Uh, go, go Lakers. I mean, what, what, are you trying to, what are you trying to see out of the Knicks? Well, first and foremost, I hope Cam Reddish plays well and plays to the untapped potential that we've been hearing about for the last couple seasons since he's been here because every team he's been on has been the same story as uh, this team has yet to unlock his potential due to scheme, due, due to play style issues. So hopefully when he gets to the Lakers – Phil Handy could fix the, fix all of that, and he could be the player that we're supposed to see him. That was supposed to be the most NBA ready player, so on and so forth. Because I do right. think Cameron has talent, and I hope he showcases that in LA. The Knicks, however, I want them to go after Dante Divincenzo. Uh, we need a wing really? player. We need a shooter. Um, yeah, a guy who plays defense, a guy who um before he got hurt was one of the big reasons for Milwaukee's success in the postseason. Um, he's a guy who spaces the floor. He's not afraid to guard players bigger than him. Um, and at six four, he's able to guard guys that are six seven, six eight, uh, with his quick movement and his, his um strength, be able to, to kind of push guys out the paint and try to box them in. So I think for me, I would want to see Dante DiVincenzo on the Knicks. Um, and another player that I wanted to go after was Dylan Brooks. Um, he's a defensive, Ooh. tenacious wing player. He's another one who's not scared of the moment. He's not scared of anybody on both sides of the ball. And that's something that the Knicks could utilize um, rather starting off the bench because we are missing that fifth guy off the bench. Um, we only play four guys off the bench. And um, we have yeah. players who can be easy, easy rotational pieces on any team in the league. It's, um, But I, I want to see them go after one of those guys. And, I mean, right now, the Knicks have to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. I think, you know, you go to the second okay. round, you have to go to the next step. You know, I always I always say that. Like, if you go to the first round, next year's playing the second round. If you go to the second round, next year's playing finals, Eastern Conference Finals or NBA Finals, either one. You can't just say, yeah, we went back to the second round because it doesn't show improvement. It only shows that you're stuck in this position and the only thing to do, to do now is move a piece, move a player, and I hope that's not the case. 
Um, the Knicks are in a, uh, a strange situation where they have a lot of young players who have a lot of room to grow, and they're competing at a high level, putting us in playoff positions. But now they have to make a decision. Is development the right way to go, or is trading for a star player the right way to go? And their hit on franchise history, they always traded for a star player, never worked out. So maybe, maybe they're going after just developing guys and making something work. I like that. I like that. And I have a question for you, you know, since you are a Nick fan and I'm a fan of this particular player and spurts. So what are your thoughts on our guy, Julius Rando? Julius is, um, you know, we wouldn't be in this situation without Julius Randle. A lot of people don't like to hear that. A lot of people say he's a net negative player. Um, He has an attitude. He doesn't fare well with his teammates, which are all, you know, crap. You know, the, mo- right. the moment Julius Randle showed up after the pan- that, that pandemic season, um, he had the most improved player. He was se- um, second all NBA. He's the reason the Knicks got to the playoffs. He's the reason with his sheer will and ability to improve dramatically, becoming a shooter right. out of nowhere. Um, a shot creator out of nowhere, put the Knicks in a situation to make the playoffs and be a playoff contending team. So I think for me, I have I respect and kudos to Julius Randle. And I think more fans should have the same feeling because once he's gone, once the Knicks decide to train or trade him or whatever, we're going to see an entirely different Knicks team, rather for the better or the worse. But I've got my last dollar that's going to be for the worse because he does a lot for the team that people don't really see. They don't want to, they don't want to see it. And I think it's just a situation where you have to allow him to grow. He only went to the playoffs twice in his career as a New York Nick at that. And he's only getting better as the years go on. Yeah. I, I like, I like that. Shout out to uh podcast P you know, I had Julius Randall. I, I was, I was listening to how he was talking about the season, his relationship with Jalen Brunson. I'm, I mean, I was a fan of him just for the fact that he made the Knicks relevant. So um, and I think, you know, the Knicks, just like, you know, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, you know, other franchises that had his- historical relevance when they've been in bad spots in recent years, it's kind of like, uh, you know, damn, it sucks that they suck. But then when they're actually doing well, you're happy for them because it's a historical franchise, all that good stuff. So, nah, it's all good. I like that. I like that. How about your boy, Obi Toppin? Oh man, Obi. Listen, everybody in New York loves Obi. And I, I everybody in New York loves Obi. We want him to play more minutes. We want him to get more time on the court. Um, it doesn't make sense that Tibbs plays Julius Randle 38 minutes a game. You know, it you need to play your right. bench. And I think if um Tibbs was more open to playing Obi Toppin throughout the career, we probably would have seen Julius Randle more refreshed in the fourth quarter because of how right. strong he plays in the first. We um Julius Randle plays 12 minutes in the first quarter. Doesn't make sense to me. You have to rather play you if you're gonna play 12 minutes in a first, then you play six or seven in a fourth, not 12 minutes in the first and fourth quarter combined. It doesn't make sense to me. I think um unfortunately Obi's gonna get moved. Um I I don't want it to happen, but I think he's gonna get moved for the simple fact that he's not getting any play time on his New York Knicks team, and it doesn't make any sense to me. His talent is really good. He could start on some teams in the NBA. And for whatever reason, he could barely get 20 minutes a game on the New York Knicks. It's just disgusting how the coaching staff has done him so far. But he is a definitely a fan favorite in New York, to say the least. Gotcha. Isn't, isn't that the Tibbs way, though, to just run your starters into the ground, put a lot of mileage on them? And then by the time the playoffs, they're so yeah. tired, they can't do anything when it really matters. Like, 
Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully they learn from that mistake. Well, actually, Tibbs, Tibbs will never. Yeah, I was like, I was like, who am I talking about? This Tibbs, I was like, Derrick Rose, Jimmy Butler, everybody just grinding them to dust. You know, Julius Randle's next. Sorry, man, but yeah, no, bro. Um, (laughs) Once once you're in your ways, you're in your ways, and I feel it. Yeah. It sucks because we wouldn't be in the situation without Tibbs, you know, as a coach. But at the right. same time, it sucks that he doesn't utilize his bench to the best of his capabilities. You know, I think he, if he would at least give the bench 25 minutes, 20 to 25 minutes a game, you'll see an entirely different team, a more energized team, and a team that could be a top four in the Eastern Conference. But you play your starters from game one to game 82 all the way 38 minutes a game when that shouldn't be the case. But it's Tibbs. Yeah. Yep, that's the Tibbs way. That's the Tibbs way. And that's why we didn't see our boy Derrick Rose play that much either. Just saying. I actually want to know, like, how do y'all feel about Derrick Rose going to Memphis? <laughs> so I texted, I'm going to let the Darius <laughs> I texted the chat. I was like, yo, they, the Grizzlies said, you know what? We need to get two chaperones for Jaw. We don't get Marcus Smart. We don't get Derrick Rose. We got to make sure that this man does not get in any more trouble. Um, I do like that they got some vets, though. They got some, I mean, Derrick Rose isn't going to play. Um, but, you know, they got another vet in the a locker room. A vet that Ja will respect. Yes. He's an MVP. Former MVP. Ja is not an MVP. They have the same style of game. Um, all those types of things. And, you know, Derrick Rose, obviously, by injury, had to change his game. But... I mean, it's kind of been like history with small guards. So maybe this will get Jaw like jump started into changing his game earlier. So, uh, you know, he can keep some of that athleticism without, you know, having yeah. to get injured and then have to change his game. So I do like, I like the move uh, for the mentoring piece. And then Marcus Smart is a better version of Dylan Brooks. So I like that move as well. Um, they're still small yeah. though. They still have the same issues. They're a small team. Right. Um, they don't really Not have great like, Yeah, they don't have great shooting. And, you know, they're relying on a small guard getting to the basket and baptizing people. Which <laughs> <laughs> Right. Like, no, uh, yeah. And it's just like you typically don't see small guards like flourish when it matters, which is in the, you know, in the playoffs. Um I mean, AI, he got his team to the finals, but then they lost. Um, and then obviously Curry, but Curry is a shooter, unlike, you know, anybody the world's ever seen. But other than that, you haven't really seen it get done um, to the, the highest level. So I still feel like... That's why Isaiah Thomas is like, one of the greats. Like a 1A, you know, 1A, 1B, but he they need like a, either like a, a dominant big or they need like a... You know, like a Jalen Brown. Yeah. Or a Desmond Bain for four or five years, 200 million. Oh, that was a terrible deal. <laughs> terrible. I was like, I was like, I was like, don't get me wrong. Desmond Bain is solid. He's he solid. Is. But it, like, I would have wanted to pay him 200 million, though. Like, <laughs> like, I mean, like, he showed out like in certain games in the playoffs, but it, it's just like you said. I think Memphis's problems, other than like, like Jaws' maturity, uh, in their size, is like the lack of the lack of like a 
like a true touch shooter, like someone who could get hot, you know, take the pressure off a of jaw. That's so. Desmond Bain. <laughs> no, no shit. Look at the numbers. Like that's like their three point guy. That's like the guy to cover for jaw. It's just that's why they paid him like that. I I know his name doesn't really jump off the page, but when you watch him in practice, he gets fucking hot, man. Like everybody in practice. No, gets I, hot. no, no, no. It's not even that. I've seen. No, him I don't mean in practice. I mean like him playing. Like just watch him in season. Like he came up even in the postseason. He's not a complete yeah, no, joke of a player. He's just a foundational right. player for the for the, for them, and they're just taking care of him. But two hundred M. Come on, man. That's that's what I'm saying. It's just the 200, and it's like, yeah, you know, just checking out 21 and a half. All right, so yeah, I mean, he 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 is scoring at a at, you know at a good clip. So I and that's not easy to do, but it's just one of those things where it's like 200 million. Yeah, I that's what we were you, it was more of like oh. The, we, we, thought the team, we thought the team was going to go a certain way without Alja. You stepped up. This player stepped up. Like, yeah, dude, we're just bro. doing right for you. I guarantee you it's that. Because I guarantee you it's that. Because if Ja, if this whole Ja story went differently, <laughs> Desmond Bain probably isn't going to get 200 mil on that de- on this deal. He's not. Mm. Well, yeah. but the thing is now they're locked into, for the next four to five years, their core is Ja Morant, Desmond Bain, JJJ, Jaron Jackson Jr. Like those three guys have all been cashed out now. So it's like they're saying, like, this is our team, this is our core, this is what we need to win. And it's just like that ain't enough. Like that ain't right. That's that's all I'm saying. But like they don't have they don't have the guy to get them over the hump yet. Right. Like it's like Desmond Bain. They're betting on youth by you know the players that they invested in, and they're betting that jaw has a breakthrough and that goes opposite they're in an advantageous position because he did blow the bag so they they have that to work with as well i think they're just kind of hedging their bets with the pieces that they have and you gotta think you know they're doing right by jaw by adding what they're adding and it's just this is just what they're going gonna 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 go with that you know and not nothing wrong with doing that but that's just what they're gonna go with you know know, I, i i get it i get it I want to say real quick about the Grizzlies, you know, like Phil said, you know, they got three players, super young, they're all going to grow together, but then they were able to acquire Marcus Smart, they got a veteran leader in, in Derrick Rose, um, and I think, you know, it, it's John Moran's, like, if you talk about, like, if he could get one skill to make him even better, like, once he develops a jump shot, there's going to be a different game for a lot of people, right. because that's really yeah. the only thing missing from his arsenal is his ability to shoot um consistently like he has a three ball he he can make it from time to time but with, with a consistent jumper you're going to see an entirely different game with the way the Grizzlies play and I think you know they're playing the long game of course they're not playing for right now but they're playing for right. probably the next two three years down the line when guys start to really develop and, and hone their skill so it's gonna be interesting to see I want to ask you guys real quick about this super team pandemic the uh, Phoenix Suns KD Beal Booker um, Aiden, I guess. Like, how do you feel this team will do uh, this upcoming season? Again, uh, I, didn't, I didn't like the move to get Beal. I feel like it was, once again, redundant. It's like you have two pure shooters, or two of the best shooters in the league in terms of Booker and Kevin Durant, 
And then you go ahead and get Bradley Beal, who is a great shooter when healthy. But on top of that, that's that's the, the key, when healthy. Now you have three guys that are all great when healthy, but they all miss time, like significant time, uh, like each of the past three seasons. And yeah. players miss time, KD and Bradley Beal. But on top of that, and uh, I texted uh, Phil yesterday once I saw like what the Suns were doing, Aiden's out of there. Like there's no like eight. I feel like they're preparing to get rid of Aiden. They they signed uh, really? they signed Drew Eubanks, who's you know forward slash center. They signed uh, I'm not even gonna say his first name, but Metu, who's also a center. They signed like two centers to like one year cheap deals. I feel like they're gonna try to move Aiden and like get some solid pieces around them because I'm sorry like I don't know what the plan is if like campaign is supposed to be the point guard or not or if they're gonna have Booker be the point guard but we saw we saw last year like Josh Akoe is like yeah he was okay for like a little bit but their bench became a problem especially in the playoffs and I feel like that's still going to be a problem unless they address that and get like some legitimate like players that can play uh yeah uh, when so you know Katie and Booker don't have to pay forty plus minutes a night in the playoffs, and I'm sorry, that's all I got. Keita Bates Diop, which I I'll never hate on a Spurs player because they get taught how to play the right way, and I feel like Spurs players have just been in purgatory because the Spurs have been yeah. so bad. So he could be a good player, but come on, man, Utah Watanabe, I'm not feeling it. I was never a big Damian Lee fan, um, so I I mean they don't have like. A gr- they still don't have a great bench. They have they have a great starting, yeah. you know, they have a great starting lineup. It doesn't matter how you want to piece it together. If you have Booker, Durant, and Beal, you have a great starting lineup. But the bench yeah. is like the real question mark. And yeah, I, and I, I to see what they're gonna do. And I said from the jump, they have to move Aiton. Yeah, they don't even. I mean, it was kind of like apparent. As Aiden was getting punked by Jokic uh, in the second round, <laughs> that like the team, and, and I mean the team in terms of like Booker and like Booker in particular is over Aiden. He's over it. You could see Aiden complaining, like, "Gosh, y'all gotta get rebounds." It's like, bro, you're getting pushed around. You get the rebound. Like, yeah. I just feel like they're over it. They're over that experience experiment. Um, he's just too. He's inconsistent. He's emotional. And I feel like it's just it's time to move on from him. Landell put up a better fight against Jokic. Uh, Josh Jock Landell put up a better yeah. fight. Yeah, and I, like and just to piggyback on what Legendarius was saying, get and those uh, uh <laughs> get off my back. Uh, no, but he 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 mentioned this about KD um a few months ago, where it's like. Certain players join teams like I could win with this team, and then there's other players where they build teams where it's like this team can't be beat. Uh, this is kind of like in the middle of that, but like you, like you know, like talking heads have been saying, like we all know, people who watch sports, basketball, and follow these stars know, when healthy, <laughs> that is the biggest thing for the Suns right now, and, and um, you know, all three stars. You know, I've been struggling with Yale injuries within the last couple of years, whether it's, you know, Devin Booker's, you know, soft tissue issues, um, you know, Kevin Durant. I mean, 
the man the man was almost out for the season during a warm up, and it, it's just like Kevin Durant's at an interesting juncture at his career right now, to where he's thirty four or thir- turning thirty five, maybe where it's like usually the, you know the last year of a pro- star's typical prime, to where they could not necessarily carry a team, but play at their optimum best and get to where they need to go. So, you know, Michael Jordan's done it. LeBron, there's other folks. I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty sure I'm forgetting about like Kareem. I'm, you know, I mean, he didn't really carry, but he he won one when he was older. Um, it's just, if the Suns don't get it done this year, then it's, it's, it's going to say a lot about KD's career, about all these, you know, all these talented teams he's been a part of. And he was only been able to win at Golden State. That's just how I. That's how I'm looking at it. But I mean, doesn't take away from his skill and talent all the time. But it's just you know, career narrative wise. Uh, in terms of the presentation, don't the Suns just look like an evil version of the Warriors? You know, <laughs> but <laughs> I just don't see like it's just like I don't know. The Suns don't scare me. The on paper, yes, health. I also think it comes down to coaching too. I think all that personnel switch up is gonna make a impact. But and I don't know, man. Aiden's gone. We we all said the same thing from the get because they need yeah. they need depth. So I think the additions that they the have coach. so far are cool. But you're gonna trade Aiden for better depth, and you're gonna go from there, and you're gonna hope for the best. But I don't know. I don't see it working out. I really don't. Right, because Vogel's a defensive coach, so I know, like, I mean, don't get me wrong, all three guys are willing to play defense, but it's like, we're the defenders. <laughs> no, they are willing defenders. They are. Like, I've seen KD play defense for real in Golden State, OKC, Brooklyn, like, even for the Suns. I've seen Booker, like, you know, I mean, not, like, shut anybody down, but get in the way of people. <laughs> Same with Bradley Bill. Like it's not I'm, not. I'm not saying they are locked down, but they're they're willing to play. So when I say willing to play, it doesn't mean like they're locking people down. It's just I'll. I mean, shit, I'll give some effort, but if I'm hot and getting these buckets, then no. <laughs> uh, but that's that's gonna be the. I think the philosophy of Frank Vogel. That's gonna be uh, another challenge to watch. So. You want to talk about my team now? Is it that time? <laughs> I read that, that time. It's that time. It's that time. Lakers, baby. Is there, is there are there no other teams you wanted to highlight before we get you know to the to the meat? Man, I wanted to talk. Oh man, the Portland Trailblazers. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about it. I, I was gonna I was gonna save them for the end because that's quote unquote breaking news within the last you know two hours or so. Yeah. Get into it. Man, Let's do it. Dame time. Mm-hmm. Now it's time for a trade, bro. Get me out of here. Enough's enough. Yeah. Enough's enough. Enough is enough. He's sick first of all, of we, sick first of all we should be queuing up the Owen Hart. Enough is enough, and it's time for a change. <laughs> gotta queue that up. But, no, I'm fi- finally, I'm so happy for him. Like, I've been saying this for years, man, ever since, like, their last playoff appearance, and it just didn't work. Like, you have to do it. And I applaud him for staying there, and I get it. You know, oh. I get what he wanted. I get what he was trying to do, and I get what everyone before him did. You know, you want to bring a ring to or a title to your city. I totally understand that. 
But sometimes you just kind of say, fuck it, man. Your organization isn't really trying that hard, you know? Have or they like just that employee who's putting more effort actually. than the manager. Why am I outworking my manager? My manager clearly doesn't care. He's getting cashed out. I'm not, not moving up. I'm just stressing myself out. Fuck it. And I'm glad you finally said fuck it. And I hope he goes to a contender. I mean, not, you know, a contender that I necessarily hate, but I hope he goes to a contender and he has a chance to get a ring. I'm going to push back again. First of all, I, I do want Dame to leave. I'm happy that he's finally leaving. Um, I feel like, you know, long overdue. Yeah. But I'm going to push back because it wasn't just about, oh, I just want to build a team here and make sure we win. He's like, I want to get paid, motherfucker. $50 million, five year, 250 That's what I want. And then on top of that, now make a team around me after I get my money, then make a team around me. Cause that is that's true. That's one of my, my biggest issues when people try to point this out. And really the only like outlier is like a Kobe or a Jordan, which Dame is not that. But like people always want to reference like the Spurs, like the Spurs dynasty, you know, Tim Duncan stayed there the whole time. Tim Duncan did not get mass contracts. Oh, no, 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 no. Breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. Zay, I'm so happy you're here. Unfor- you're going to love this. You're going to love wait, this. Wait, wait, wait. D'Angelo Russell agrees on a two-year, $37 million contract mm. to stay with the Lakers, my fucking God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. My hey. fucking God way. Hey, I got to say, that is a robbery, so I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Put it in the bag. Put it in the bag. Like, this little, this little stick up. <laughs> I think he was getting he was getting like let's see like twenty five or something. Can uh, a portion of that you know go to a, a therapist because uh, he needs to break whatever was going on oh, that no. clammed him the fuck up in the playoffs. Yeah, he was getting thirty a year, so <laughs> now he's getting. 37 for two years total. So I'll uh, say can you get a fucking bucket? Shout out, shout out to Rob Palinka, the best GM to do it. <laughs> Did it again. Uh Nay, how you feel? D'Angelo Russell works really well with the Lakers team. Um personally. I think he does too. I think I think it it the yeah, half season he played LA that'll work well with him too. I think the half season he played, um, it was a it paid dividends. Um, you know, I think he, he showcased some talent, but you know, it's still a lot of gelling in terms of team chemistry. You saw with that Lakers team, not really knowing how guys move, where to play. But I think with new actors, uh, the new additions to the team, cause I still know, you got, you guys got a lot of shooters this, um, uh, all season. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how he's able to play with a more space floor and, um, his ability just to shoot the basketball. I think one thing for sure, LeBron, we all know, loves to play point guard, but he also loves, uh, score first guard as well so i think d'angelo russell if his mentality is yo just go out there and score the basketball d'lo has no problem scoring the basketball and i think that's only gonna pay dividends for the lakers i'm yeah. just gonna say he really had a problem scoring the basketball against the nuggets but <laughs> other than that i love the deal and now i mean we since you had to do the, kept, you had to do the kept, break, you had to do the breaking news so we just let's go through it number one this hasn't like happened yet but there is absolutely 0% chance that Austin Reeves ends up on any other team. Austin Reeves is going to be a Laker. But we'll we'll wait for it to be officially official. Um, But the Lakers, man, they put in work. They get Torian Prince, 
one year deal for four and a half million, three yeah, and was- I, like a actual like a legitimate defender, a much better three point shooter than you know most of the guys that we had. At least more consistent. Beasley couldn't get it done. Uh, I forget the other guys right now. Troy Brown Jr. couldn't get it done. And essentially, we just traded Troy Brown Jr. for uh, Torian Prince because Troy Brown Jr. ended up signing with the Timberwolves. But then right. we go and we get Gabe Vincent, three-year, $33 million deal. So that depth chart, like we got D'Lo starting, and if D'Lo's not like getting it done, we got Gabe Vincent coming off the bench, a legitimate defender. Like Miami, they teach you how to play defense. You play both sides of the ball. Um, and obviously, he had a great run this playoffs. So I love that signing. We bring back Rui for a three-year deal. Uh, yep. Now we got D'Lo for another two years. And we signed Jackson Hayes. For Yeah, that one, uh, that one was really exciting. I was like, yeah, buddy, here so- we go. Like, what our issue was a couple years ago was that we were old, and now we're young. And, like, we're set for the future, like, post-LeBron, because LeBron keeps saying, I'm going to play with Bronny uh, next year. So I doubt that the Lakers are going to draft him because Bronny's going to be a lottery pick. So LeBron leaves. Now we have LeBron's cap space, or LeBron, yeah, his cap space, and we have a solid team. It's just like, all right. Obviously, easier said than done. We just got to replace LeBron, but we got the money to do it, and we have a lot of like core pieces, young core pieces that you know will be there for years to come. Yeah, I like it. it, it it's kind of like that, you know, the roster reset, you know, low key, where it's like, okay, we don't have to scramble when LeBron actually leaves. We're gonna set it up so when you do, we have D'Lo. For another year, Dennis Schroeder, I think, is still there. Wow, Schroeder, uh, he went to Toronto. He said, "He said, get you're going to Canada, buddy." Wait, what? I thought, well, damn it, House of Highlights, you lied to me because they said yeah, Schroeder well, Yeah, well, so what happened was he tried to hold out again because wow. you know he wanted him, he wanted the Lakers to see his worth, you know, on the court again with the play. And uh, uh, against it, again, it didn't work out. And so, you know, Canada it is. <laughs> well, at least it's not China, Dylan Brooks. <laughs> Dylan Brooks is not going to China. <laughs> no, he's not. He's, he's, he's a solid NBA player, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, don't do that guy like that. <laughs> oh, and Cam Reddish. I forgot to mention Cam Reddish. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Curious about that one, too. We'll see. Yeah, the Lakers, they're definitely uh, one of my more, well, obviously as a bias, but they honestly have made some really smart free agency moves so far to start. Um, I love the effort. I love to see it. And I hope, hopefully this pays off, man. Gets them over the hump. Yeah, for real. Who else we want to talk about? Oh, well, I mean, we were kind of like talking about Damian Lillard and tell them, you know, breaking news. Oh, yeah, if we you, did. If y'all wanted to read. Yeah, let's talk about that then. Uh, like where, I mean, we're seeing, we're seeing the reports and I guess we can, we can bundle these two together. This will be a good way to end it because we didn't even touch. Actually, we got three people we got to talk about. We can bundle them together because, okay. you know, your guess is as good as mine. We got Damian Lillard. We got mm-hmm. James Harden. We got oh. Russell Westbrook. Oh, all right. So let's, you know what? 
Let, let's, let's utilize our guest here. So, Zay, out of those three, where do you where do you think you know uh, each each player will go, and then me and Legendaries will go after? All right. So, Damian Lillard. Um, according to reports, uh, Miami's only destination for him. He, he's stuck on going to Miami. Only questions I have is what does Miami have to offer? Uh, there's reports out there that teams do not want. Tyler Hero on their team, not because he's not a good player, but because he's very offensive minded. He's injury prone. He does. He hasn't played. He hasn't had a healthy season in quite some time. Um, you know, outside of the bubble where he played, but he's been injured most of the, if not his career, his whole career. So they're yeah. very uh, interested in seeing what happens to him. Um, who's the other team? Who's the other player? Uh, Harden oh, and West. Harden. Oh, James Harden. Oh man. Um. Dang, James Harden. I think James Harden goes to the Clippers. Um, I think the Clippers want a yeah. new regime. They want to change the way they they done things thus far, and I think they want more talent. Start started talent on that Clippers team. Uh, uh Steve, I forgot his name. Uh, the owner, the owner, Ballmer. Steve Ball. Yeah, but he's not afraid Ballmer. to spend the money. He's not afraid Baller. of the luxury tax. He literally, his name Baller. He, the man is okay with spending money. I think he'll bring in. James Harden moved some guys off that that um Clippers team to bring him on. Uh, I think James Harden is an interesting guy because it's very tough to gauge where he's gonna go. He's not the same score score first player that he was once on the Houston Rockets, and I think he needs yeah. to get back into that meant that killer mode of just looking to score the basketball. When you saw games in Philly, especially in the playoffs, where he had forty five point games, and the next game he didn't want to shoot. He looked too wary. Right. He looked too fearful of the score of the basketball. And I think he just needs to go into a, a position of put him, just him, have to score, nothing else, don't focus on playmaking, nothing else, go out there and get your points. And then you'll see a better, more refined James Harden. Russell Westbrook, I think he actually goes back to the Clippers as well. I think Ooh. they really love them there. I think him and Ty Lue had a good rapport. Um, I think yeah. they got the best out of Westbrook because he had a higher usage rate than any other team. The one thing about Westbrook is he's not an off-ball player at all. Ever since he left, um, excuse me, ever since Kevin Durant left OKC, uh, Westbrook has the high, the higher usage rate of almost anybody in the league, and he did most of his dominance with the ball in his hands. Him dictating where the offense goes, who goes where, um, and then being able to attack what's left of the defense. I think that's something that he has to get adjusted to because he's no longer the number one scoring option. But I still think he needs to stay aggressive. So I think. Uh, Harden, uh, Harden and Westbrook go to the Clippers and Damian Lillard to Miami Heat. I like that. Okay. I don't like that. Well, this is my question. Oh, I... This is my question with that. Because do the Clippers keep everybody? Not everybody. And by everybody, I mean, do they keep Kawhi and Paul George? So you got Westbrook, Harden, Kawhi, Paul George, and Zubox. So I'm going to say, no, they don't keep everybody. Um, I think with that, because you're, because honestly, you're signing James Harden. You're good. If let's say Clippers do pull the trigger on what uh, Westbrook or Harden, what you're going to get is durability, right? Well, at least on Russell Westbrook's side, you know, durability, somebody who's going to be there and take up those minutes and fill in when needed. James Harden. That's like, you know, he's a, he's a, you know, I mean, he's a distributor and a scorer. 
something that they need that we talked about. But I think now Steve Ballmer, I from what I understood, he's getting wary of Kawhi not communicating. It's getting worse. So I shit, we we might even see even more trade. We might even see more movements going on before free agency is over. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I, I don't I I feel like we saw the James Harden Westbrook experiment. It doesn't work. No, it does not. Yeah. And I also feel like James Harden at this point in his career is like Westbrook without the turnovers and a better shooter than Westbrook. So it's just like unless, you know, obviously if Westbrook is gonna come off the bench, that's an entirely different situation. And maybe maybe he's at that point in his career. You know, he's older. He's gotten all his money. He's from L.A., family in L.A. So maybe he's like, yo, I'll take a discount to stay in L.A. I'll be the sixth man off the bench. But I don't know. It's interesting. If Because you know, I just feel like if healthy, if you have Kawhi healthy with Harden and Paul George, that's nasty enough right there. That's nasty. That, is right. Like, that rivals, to me, that rivals what the Suns are doing, but Harden, not Harden, but um, Westbrook, ah, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are locked down defenders. Like they play defense, and yeah, you know, I, I don't know, I, it's gonna be interesting. I, 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 I I've heard I, I get reports what... too. Like everything's like basically like pointing to like Harden's gonna be on the Clippers, but then I was just like, well, where does that leave Westbrook? And then like also like. The Sixers, yeah, they agreed to the trade Harden. I was like, they're not going to get like pennies back for them. So it's like, what are the Sixers going to do? Because you have Embiid in his prime, MVP. You got Maxi getting better. George Niang just left. You got Tobias Harris, who they want to trade all the time. So there's just like a lot of. <laughs> yeah, all the time. That was funny. <laughs> there's a lot of questions. I mean, it's, you know, there's a lot of question marks like surrounding that. That's why I was thinking, I like, and I heard too that, uh, Dame wants to go to Miami, but I was thinking Dame goes to Portland, or no, goes to Philly, like they do like a three-team trade, where like Dame goes to Philly, Harden goes to the Clippers, and then the Blazers get like, you know, Bones Highland and Norman Powell and, and, you know, shit like that. Gotcha. So, I mean, I guess Milwaukee doesn't want to, you know, point guard either, so. They got Drew Holiday. They got an all-star point guard, Drew Holiday. <laughs> I mean, Actually, I want to talk to. Uh, I want to get your insight, Zay, about uh, Milwaukee because this had to be like this had to be a move for the team, which was uh, Chris Middleton opting out of his contract and then re-signing for a three-year, hundred two million dollar deal. But I was like, bro, you're gonna get forty million. For one year, so why do you like? Why do you do that? You know, it's interesting. I think you know it's more of like a cap space thing because they have Drew Holiday on that max deal. They had Giannis Antetokounmpo mm. on that max deal, and I think it was just to have some type of of uh, space and breathing room in that cap space because instead of making forty million, it drops down to what 30, 33, something like that. So it was like something along that nature. So it just it's kind of like just. Uh, cap space gymnastics, trying to get the, you know, as much cap space as possible, especially with um Brooke Lopez possibly coming back, possibly leaving. We don't know. Nobody knows where exactly he's looking at. There's reports that Houston has the best chance to getting him, 
but I doubt they give him a big contract because they have Sangoon at the center and he's somebody who's been developing at a rapid pace year to year. So I think, um, you know, it's just more of to try to bring as much guys as they can to stay as competitive as they are, um, you know, with the Portis, Brooke Lopez, um, Gary, uh, Garrett Grayson Allen, um, you know, that, that the tandem of the bench team or the, the role players to try to keep that nucleus together. Gotcha. That's another thing too. Like I, I've like kind of heard like <laughs> pretty much like a lot of teams are already out of cap space. Yeah. Yeah, all these teams they balled out early. They just put it down. Like with hey, one billion in Kuzma. twenty-four hours. That's that. Yeah. 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 Put it down. Uh, Cam Johnson. Nets put it down. I was just like, damn. I mean, good for them, I guess, but. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> that's another thing that's still crazy with like how like, you know, players that are like second round picks, if they make it, they get their they get to re up before like the first rounders. Like Austin Reeves is like, All right, I did two years, now I'm about to get like a hundred million. Whereas like a lot of these guys are like still on their rookie deal. Weird. Like, that's the thing. Certain sports, well, specifically NFL and NBA, I don't necessarily understand the full business of it. It's it's like a what the fuck sometimes. Yeah, well, NFL at least is something that, I mean, that's a little more. Um, well, think of it this way. When it comes to NFL contracts, the whole point of people not being first-round picks, not necessarily, like, most of the time they're not going to break break the bank so to speak. So it's like, oh, you're going to be a role player anyway. So we're going to pay you probably like mid-tier type of contracts. But a la Jalen Hurts, where it's like, I don't get a fifth-year option. I get, you know, now I can re-up and get all the money I'm owed. Boom. Like now, you know, that he's an outlier. Let's just say that, an exception to the rule. So I, it, it just it just depends on who's an anomaly or what's more of the norm. So like if second round and below, second rounders are like solid starters, all that stuff. Well, at least NFL's terms. And then third round and under, it's like you're kind of like a solid starter or a backup at that point. So that's why they do it like that. So then they can actually negotiate with the people they invest in and try to have them either A, break the bank or make market type money. So... Well, since you were tripping earlier about Desmond Bain getting paid out, like what do you, how do you feel about Tyrese Halliburton getting paid out on that? Like that was two hundred fifty plus mil. <laughs> I honestly I did not see that until right now. <laughs> oh well, I don't know but, what the Pacers are doing. <laughs> I I don't know the Pacers' plan. You know, at least so. I mean, Phil, you did point out that at least Grizzlies had a plan. Whether we agree with it or not, it doesn't matter. The fact is, it's a plan I can see. You know? Like, this is our core. This is what we're growing with. Cool. Pacers, like Legendarius just said, I, I, shit, I don't know. Uh, Zay, if you have any thoughts, go ahead. You know, these dudes are making crazy money. These max extensions is ridiculous. Halliburton, Bain is like, yo, but they're playing the long game. It's the future. Um, I remember uh, when I think Phil was in a chat when it happened. If not, 
we was all talking about it when Patrick Mahomes got his contract, that ten year five hundred million dollars, oh, whatever yeah, that, that deal was. It was like, yo, what? That's crazy. Yeah. But you wind up realizing it winds up being a bargain down the line because of how <laughs> winning championships, taking your team far in the playoffs, being a dominant player. So these the team Pacers and the Memphis Grizzlies are banking on these guys becoming superstars in the league, especially Halliburton, who's still extremely young. He had a crazy injury last year that took him out and um, kind of prohibited him playing a full season. But, you know, he could be a, a top guard in this league. Desmond Bain has shown us his ability to shoot the ball and play defense at an extremely high level. Um, and shot creator as well when John Moran is not on the court. So these two teams are banking on their young talents to becoming the next stars, superstars of the league. Now, do I agree with it? No, I feel like that's a crazy contract. But you could see what these teams envision and how they see their players. So I think that's yeah. something that... Uh, okay. That's what they're banking on. You just hope you're just, you know, taking a risk on potential and hopefully that it, it you know, pays dividends. Yeah, that's my yeah. problem. Like, that's why I was going to push back when you said you talked about the Mahomes, but the Mahomes deal, because Mahomes won a Super Bowl <laughs> and he was an MVP <laughs> and then he got that deal. Where I was like, Halliburton, like, you can't even get your team to the playoffs. And I get it, he got injured, but I'd just say, like, is he. May like he's maybe a top ten point guard in the league, like maybe. Like that's right. debatable, and it's like that's all it takes to get two sixty. He's got to be top ten at your position, ten out of thirty teams. You know what I mean? Like I just yeah. Bradley Bill got paid, and he wasn't even the top. He was at one point he wasn't even top five shooting guard, and he got paid two hundred same thing. So you know, yeah. I understand. all right. No, yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. Like I feel like, and maybe that's just the way it is. Like. But I feel like like these teams, like NBA. Try to, like take a stand. It's like yo, like we're getting killed, like with these salary caps, like because we're like throwing crazy money at these guys, and they can't like them alone, or you like them and then us building around them, like that doesn't get it done. I'm I'm seeing I'm speaking more for like Halliburton more than like a, you know, a John Morant. But I'd say for like Desmond Bain, it's like Desmond Bain is replaceable, like. I like let's get Luke Kennard in there <laughs> for you know. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I feel you because it's like hundred million, if that. But you know what? I mean? like you're handicapping yourself. And I was like, bro, Bane is cool. He's cool. He's a good player. Yeah. But exactly. Two like, hundred. Yeah. Oh, no. he's like yeah. so Desmond Bain, like without question, is getting paid more than James Harden now. Without question. Yeah. And I was like, eh. I we know James Harden has his ups and downs, but James Harden on the Grizzlies versus Desmond Bain, I feel like James Harden makes that team better than Bain does. No, I feel you. I think, and it's I, like I, I, it's kinda like what you're I saying with James Harden doesn't play that type of defense. I mean Do the Grizzlies really play defense? Like really, they play. They played no, enough defense. What do you mean? They played enough defense to where everyone thought they could beat the Warriors. Well, they didn't. They lost by forty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, somebody's old. That's still playing defense. What are we talking about here? I, I I'm, I'm saying like they're not viewed. I don't think they've ever been viewed as a defensive team, and I don't think Desmond Bain has been viewed as a defender. It's been Dylan Brooks a defender, Jaron Jackson Jr. is a defender, and then everybody else is just out there. Yeah. Well, you got Steven Adams slash Brandon Clark also at the rim when they're healthy, but they're both injured as well. But all the time. I 
Desmond Bain's like too small to be a defender. Who is he? He wasn't locking down Steph or Clay or Poole. I didn't say all that, but like James Harden literally takes plays off. Like at least at least Bain is gonna have his arms out there. Of course, like Harden is old. Desmond Bain is young. He's gonna get the bigger contract. I get that. That was a bad example, but I was just trying to like make that point where it's just like what like, it's like, it's like what number uh, having... like in the league, just at his position, shooting guard, like Desmond Bain is like maybe like number twenty. <laughs> Like, for real, like, maybe number 20 at his position. Maybe. But he's not getting paid like it. He's getting paid like he's top five. Top five. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, paying, you're paying A-plus money for, like, B players. Yeah. That, yeah. And, and that's, like, that's what's been a lot of sports. Especially with the young players lately. I got, got me yeah. sounding like, uh, what's it called? Like, Charles Barkley and uh, Shaq. It's like, why did he get 200 million? When I was playing, I only got, you know what I mean? But, like. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it sounded like the old man on the lawn. Yeah, I need kids. You know, yeah. It's like, you know, that's the way the market is. But it's like, damn, bro. Like, we, we, there's, there needs to be not like a cap per se, but like a, like, come on, bro. You don't need to pay him 200 mil. I mean, 130 for now. Yeah. And then, and then go back to the negotiation table. That's what I would have done. But, you know, teach their own. We don't own teams, I guess. So what do we know? So uh, I'm looking at the PER ratings on ESPN.com, and Desmond Baines actually the number five. PER? Come on, bro. Is this what we're doing? Player efficiency rating? Okay. You know, what a P- you know what a PER prince means to people? Nothing. Jack squat. Because most of them don't win. Yeah. This man went to what PER. To D said. Like PR, come on, bro. PR. It's like saying, well, you know, Kirk Cousins is a really good quarterback. Look at his passer rating. Get out of here. Well, <laughs> no, I want to. If you're doing that, uh, like, all right, he's number five. Tell me all the. Tell me all the people below him. Like, is he really? And then just, just, add, just answer: Is that person better or not? Hold on, I have to pull up the list again. It was on ESPN, you said? Yeah, I have it right here. So after Desmond Bain is Jalen Brown, Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, Anthony Edwards, Norman Powell. How do you skip over Chris Dunn? <laughs> I didn't. I literally point. said his name. Oh, yeah, you, you said it silently, though. What? But, yeah, like Chris Dunn, Zach. But that's my point. My point is... Chris Dunn is number seven PR. Chris Dunn is not good. He plays on Utah. He's played 22 games. But, like, come on. Desmond Bain, Jalen Brown, not even a question. Zach Levine, I always thought, is overrated. Edwards better. But, like, come on. DeJounte Murray, FVF. (laughs) Like, there's plenty of people. Like, and I'm not even seeing – like Clay Thompson's way down there on PR. So is Jordan Poole. Like just because you're not efficient does not mean like you're not better. It's like cool, he's efficient, but like these players are like clearly better. Yeah, I test. True, I'm... but organizations, especially these ones, they use their stats guys to justify their money, and, and that's, that's why most likely what they did to justify the 200 mil contract. No, yeah, that's true, but that, but honestly, all right, like. 
you know, hot take, whatever. But that's kind of like why basketball's in the state it's in. Sports, rather. Because it's like, instead of using eye tests and all that stuff, it's going to be analytical base and all that stuff. And, you know, you're going to be justified to get paid over this person because you're efficient in this area where situationally you may not be, you know, the best in that and this. I don't know. But well, that's why, like, uh, all right, we're, we're getting into the whole get off my lawn. We're going to have to wrap in a second. But that's why, right. like, just little things that, like, people didn't used to care about. It's like, hey, you might still a point or two. Like, you know, the the last, uh, you know, two, three seconds of a quarter. Like, you remember how people used to just throw, like, heave up shots? And, you know, sometimes they go, oh, yeah. like, yo, you got an extra couple points. Now they're not doing that because that messes up their shooting percentage. Right, exactly. Like, it's just like, it's it's getting too much because, like, you're using that to justify that. Well, look at your percentages here. It's like the same percentages that said that D-Wade's better than Kobe. We all know that that's not true. The same percentages that said James Harden had the greatest offensive season ever, which maybe he did. But I test, I test, I don't think so. Um, but you know what I mean? I just feel like it's it's getting like into the game like in a way where like hey we, we're not gonna we're not gonna resign you because like <laughs> obviously this is a bad example because the chiefs won the super bowl or like tyreek hill we're not gonna pay you 30 million because we're gonna get someone just as fast in uh marquez valdez scantling and we pay him three years 30 million I'm like mvs didn't do anything yeah the chiefs won a super bowl but it wasn't thanks to mvs you know what i mean but like that's how they just—that's literally how they justified it. They like looked at like his speed, um, and like separation in comparison to Tyreek Hill. It's like, oh, they got the same uh, numbers in terms of separation, but this costs us significantly less. So let's just do that. Right. Like exactly. I just feel like it's it's getting a little out of hand. Yep. And you know, don't get me started on what it's done to my beloved running backs. So. <laughs> All right, Zay, thank you for uh, spending some time and kicking it with us. Go ahead and uh, plug what you got going on. Man, I appreciate y'all for allowing me to join the show. I'm a fan of the show, and I can't wait to listen to more episodes down the line. Um, you can find me at GovVibesByZay on Instagram. Um, I'm still doing the 99 pod on Mondays and Thursdays at um, 1 p.m. Uh, stay tuned. All right. And that... Ladies and gentlemen, was episode 20, that's right, 20 of them things of the Sports Mind Podcast. Like always, uh, like and subscribe, follow us, Instagram, TikTok, all that good stuff. We'll be back next week as we tease it. We talking NFL next week. We'll be talking some, uh, you know, the rest of this uh, NBA free agency fallout. But it's, it's about that time. Once, once we hit July, it's, it's prediction time. So we're about to start <laughs> talking about these divisions, and we're about to start laying our – Early season predictions. So tune in. Oh no. Cowboys Can't wait. Super Bowl. Side there you go. <laughs> All right, y'all. We out. All right.